Today I'm joined by Brian Wood MC, former colour sergeant in the Princess of Wales Royal Regiment, an author, speaker and entrepreneur. We discuss a number of great tips that you can use in times of difficulty to keep your focus, motivation and headspace. The accountability that a military life gives you that has massive benefits for when you transition to civilian life. We also discussed with Brian how fear can become contagious in a battlefield scenario and why you can use this as a force for good to propel yourself forward and keep attacking life, even when the odds are against you. Hi, I'm Joe Horton and this is Guild of Dads. Hey, you over there. Yeah, I can see you. Come over. Sit down and join me as I'm about to have a conversation about you conversation about what it means to be a dad, a role model and to live a life of meaning. About your physical health, how you look after yourself, contribute to the world around you and raise our next generation. A conversation that will shape the vision you have for yourself. Forever. Welcome back to the Guild of Dads podcast, your weekly discussion around being a dad. My name's Joe Horton and I'm the host of this podcast and the founder of the Guild of Dads movement. Weekly, we interview visionary dads from across the planet and also experts in different key areas which apply to dads. Areas such as mental health, relationships, physical health, spirituality and contributing to the world. The idea behind this is that we bring into the light some of the main issues that dads encounter daily. We give you the tools, resources and information required to make massive impacts on your own life. The idea of each week's podcast is to make you think and reflect on your own life and where you could make some tweaks. We are a movement designed to unify and bring together all dads in a spirit of camaraderie, brotherhood and support. And right now, there's never been a better time than during this period of reflection and consolidation during changing times to craft a plan for your future. We're a growing community of men over on our Facebook group and as of last week, we are going live each Wednesday to the Facebook page at 8 o'clock UK time and 8.30 UK time into the Facebook group. We'll be discussing a number of different topics which you can get involved with. And so if you are a dad, that you can get involved in either the Facebook page or the Facebook group. Live's going out every Wednesday evening between 8 and 8.30. And I'd love you to get involved. Step inside, see what we're doing and start your journey today. I've also got a book releasing shortly, the VAM Blueprint, which stands for Vision, Action and Meaning, in which I recount my story and offer a blueprint you can follow to use in conjunction with our community and podcast to really level up your own life by using vision, action and meaning. With so much uncertainty around right now, there's never been a time when dads from all walks of life are worried about what lies ahead. I feel it my duty on this podcast to keep conversations going right now with men like my guest today who will inspire you to believe in yourself and keep hitting life with all you've got, even in difficult times. My guest on today's podcast is Brian Wood MC, who is a former colour sergeant in the Princess of Wales Royal Regiment, an author, speaker and entrepreneur. He was awarded the Military Cross, one of Britain's highest awards for gallantry in combat following his courageous leadership under enemy fire in Iraq. During a 16-year military career, Brian has led British troops across the full spectrum of battle, from training to fighting, from operations in the Balkans to high-intensity combat in Iraq and Afghanistan. Throughout Brian's army career, he has had to make life-or-death decisions motivating men to put their lives on the line often as a commander entrusted with the lives of many men. Brian recounts his life in the military in his Sunday Times best-selling book, Double Crossed, and he is a sought-after speaker delivering highly inspirational and compelling talks by sharing his experiences from the battlefield. 
He recently launched his new clothing brand, Keep Attacking, and lives with his wife, Lucy, and two boys. Brian, welcome to the Guild of Dads podcast. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. We are very privileged uh, listeners and viewers to have Brian here with us today. And we've been exchanging some messages uh, on and off for the last few months as Brian's been embarking on his London Marathon training I embarked upon my Brighton Marathon training, which is kind of now defunct, but I'll talk about that in a little, <laughs> little bit more detail as we get into it, uh, Brian. But thanks very much for coming on here today. And first and foremost, how is the Wood family dealing with lockdown at the moment? No, look, thanks very much for having me on. Um, yeah, we're all busy. Even during lockdown, I've probably been busier more than ever, if I'm honest, but it's all good. I mean... For me, the family's all right. I mean, we're on, we're in unprecedented times. Uh, you know, my military background is is, is definitely uh, stood me in, in good stead for what's happening at the moment because I've always been uh, pretty disciplined with routine structure. I think in this time that we're in at the moment and with a family, I think it's so important that we maintain that discipline and structure and routine because. It definitely helps, and uh, the, you know, the more we steer away from from that, I think, the more we we go into a rut. And to try and get out of that rut, it becomes quite difficult. So, I actually got a few points which helped me and my family. And I think I've just named kind of two already: is routine, the structure. It's it's, and so many more people will say this is overly important. We maintain that. Limit the news. Is a big thing. I mean, I watch it in the morning just to find out where we're at in terms of numbers and if there's any breaking news and then the news goes off because it can really grip hold of you with the whole negativity stuff and we're under enough pressure as it is and there's a lot of anxiety and uh, it can really play detrimental to your mental health. So limit the news is, is super important. Um in and out of social media, you know, it's it's kind of become a huge addiction over the last, well, the, the last years really that people have to see what's going on, have to open their phone first thing in the morning, um, you know, and then throughout the day. And actually it was, do you know what, I was down in London doing a training session with my Man of London lads and uh, Gordon Smart was down there with me mm. and we just had a chat and, and randomly off the cuff he said to me let me have a look at your screen time and I thought what even is screen time I, don't, I never knew that you could see your screen time and he said here so he looked at me and goes that is not healthy and do you know what it was a big shock to me because the screen time was ridiculous Yeah. and uh, I said to myself I'm going to sort it out so what I did was for the first week I, I, I tested myself to see if I could survive my own screen time hours so I generated some social screen time and when once that went out then obviously it goes into lockdown you can't it doesn't regenerate until yeah. the morning so that helped me out a little bit but then I did increase it by two hours because you know it was my book that had just come out and there was a lot of things happening so I needed to kind of keep a bit more um on top of social because it is important and it plays a part of my livelihood so mm. But it was a big eye-opener. So my advice is, you know, we have to look after that social media space and allow yourself time to breathe other than being in your phone or on your iMac or whatever it is device that you use. I mm. think that's very important, especially now we're in lockdown. We could find ourselves on social media, you know, so much more, uh, or yeah, so much more longer than what we would normally because there's nothing else to do. But actually, there is a lot you can do. Yeah. And, um, you know, be stronger than the fridge is a big thing as well. It's very easy, isn't it, to just comfort eat and go in and out because it's boredom. You know, it's there's stuff. You know that there's stuff in there. We're at home longer, and it's very easy just to have that automatic go-go gadget hand, yeah. which opens up the fridge, and then you've got, you know, whatever you know, whatever foods that you have, and you just kind of forget about what you're actually doing because it can become a habit. Yeah. And then you start putting on a little bit of weight and then that gets you down and you eat more because it's a comfort for you. And it's yeah. just, you know, just limit that is is very important. And discipline with drinking, you know, as well. I try and treat Monday to Friday as like a normal working week. 
And then on the Friday, you know, I'll then have a beer or the Saturday I'll have a drink. Everyone's different. People like to have a drink throughout the weekend. That's fine. But limit it. If you're going to do that, I would suggest Monday to Friday you're clean and then you yeah. go into the weekend because, you know, especially now at times, you know, healthy bodies, a healthy mind, and you can get through these real demanding circumstances that we're in at the moment because yeah. we're in un- unhappy times and that can really play effect with our headspace yeah. and uh, and feeding it with drink and and food and and not being disciplined it can real really can spiral mm. daily exercise i mean so it's coping mechanisms me. as well isn't it it's a toolkit definitely it's coping mechanisms to deal with this and 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 having routine structure discipline there are mechanisms to cope because it takes you away from the day for a little bit, you know, daily exercise, that's, that's, you're entitled to an hour, so that's an hour out of your day, so you should definitely use that, mm. and you're, you're allowed to go out and do your fitness for an hour, so that's fresh air, so you should absolutely get out the four walls, because the fresh air is good for you, it's a good thinking period, and it's just away from stress, the environment, your home environment now is a stressful environment, mm. so you need to get away from that, yeah. and you need to look after your health, so I'm all over my training. I mean, I'm very rigid with every day I'm out. People get fed up with my Instagram stories and me running. But, you know, I'll probably inspire more people than what get fed up with me. Because if people get fed up, fed up with me, then they just mute me or unfollow me, which is the fair one. Because I'm not there to please anyone. I'm there to inspire other people to get yeah. out. And whether they walk, shuffle or run, I've achieved my aim. Yeah. And I have more positive messages than I do negative. So yeah. I'll continue to do that. And I'm glad I'm glad you I'm glad you said that as well, Brian, because funny enough, there's been a few discussions this week around kind of influencers and people saying, Oh yeah, you um I've been doing this during lockdown and you should be doing this and whatever and stuff. And I caught a uh, post recently where a fitness guy, I won't name his name, but he mentioned he suggested that people might want to just keep an eye on their diet during the lockdown period. And I'm not kidding you. There was about a hundred comments, and there was nothing but excuses there, Brian. It was, oh well, there's too much going on at the minute, so I, I can't, I can't really watch my diet, or diet's lasting on my mind, or diet this, diet that sort of thing. And and from my point of view, um, the coronavirus is arguably more of a threat to people that have got uh, low immune systems or pre-existing condition, pre-existing conditions. So it stands to reason that this more than any time is the time where people should be waking up and thinking actually i need to be looking after my body and i need to be making sure my immune system is strong because you know and i I just can't get my head head around that at all you know uh, that people are sort of thinking well i'm going to make excuses at this I, i i can get it but i don't get it in view of the kind of the whole um fact that you're going to be more susceptible to it if you're unhealthy and you've got a weak immune system, do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've also seen on the other side of it that I've probably seen more fitness videos than I ever have done. So more running videos than I ever have done. So there's there's a fine balance. People people always find an excuse, and you can't help that. You know, you've just you've just got to be you. You've got to be true to who you are, what you stand for, your values, and don't change for no one. And um, and that's why I will never surround myself with negativity. I've always got to be on the front foot. I've always got to have a vision, a purpose, you know, a, a goal, an end state, because that's who I am. And the minute I get around that negativity, I'll cut it off. I'll cut it loose because it, I can't have that try and become infectious with what I want to achieve or, mm. you know, be around people who, you know, class themselves as victims during this period. You know, mm. we, we're all victims of COVID-19. We've never experienced this before, but actually let's turn it on its head and use it as a positive mm. where we can. And what I'm saying about that is a lot of people have been working so flat out, they have bypassed a lot of years within families because of work has been priority. And we absolutely should, you know, continue to work hard because, the harder you work, the more luck you get. That's how I believed. But also, you use this time now to reconnect bonds. Because for me personally, I've been away. I mean, I joined the army when I was 16 and nine months and then, you know, went for a real difficult period with Iraq and Afghanistan, kind of simultaneous operations. And we were bouncing from one operation to another. Mm-hmm. You know, not really at home a lot. So I missed a lot of school years and a lot of 
kid baby years as well. So now I'm reconnecting and, and regenerating bonds, which is incredible. And I've been really training hard with my son because he's got ambitions to become a Royal Marine. So mm-hmm. this is a good COVID experience for, for me and my family. You know, yeah. that's, a, that's a real positive side of it. Yeah. Um, speaking to people as well is so important because people will find themselves isolated. They will find themselves on their own. They will be in flats and, you know, it's that could then real be a big depression for you. So you should be doing like we're doing, chatting, yeah. phoning your parents or loved ones, or even if it's just groups that you know that will help you, but you haven't got the confidence to, to you know, ask for a request or request to join this community group. Get in there. Mm. Join them. Mm. You've got nothing to lose. And actually, what you're going through if you talk about some of your demands or some of your mechanisms, coping-wise, you could actually empower people. You could help people. Yeah. So reach out, talk. Now we're in a real, you know, different, difficult situation where if you suffered with mental health in the past, this could spark a lot mm. again. So let's not go back there or let's get out of where you're at at the moment and engage because talking is a dialogue which is incredible. And it can really benefit you and others around you. Yeah. So that's another point that I've got. Yeah. Um, I've also got, and I'll quickly sum up really because then we can get on. But I've got um, use your time to achieve as well. So for me, I'm putting content down for a potential a second book. I don't know if I'm, you know, if I'm going to achieve this, but I've got aspirations. I've had this time now, so I'm, I've used that to create some content. I'm finishing up on a few projects that have been ongoing because I've, I've continued that. I've got a vision. Like I said, I've got goals I want to achieve and I've been working on that, chipping away as and where I can because it's it's, it's keeping me working throughout the day. Mm-hmm. So on, it's keeping me busy and it's keeping me mentally fit as well. Yeah. So it's important for me to do that. And the last one I've got is um, stay home, you know, and save lives. It's yeah. important, right? Yeah. So is, yeah. They're, my little, they're my little pointers during this period and if it can support help encourage someone who watches this even if it's one person then i've achieved my aim but i here i'm no oracle i'm just woody but i've got a little bit of experience with the whole isolation being on operations and what helps me when i'm on my own stuff so anyway they're mine woody woody tips woody tips but the thing is they're massively helpful though brian because the thing is is they're they're stuff that what I've noticed is that there's there's a kind of kind of division, if you like, where whereby people who have been doing some kind of work and picked up skills along the way during their life, um, they're I won't say they're finding it easy at the moment, but they're being able to use those kind of skills. Whereas I think the people that have this has come as kind of quite a shock to. Well, it's come as a shock to everyone, but I think yeah. that some people have kind of picked up skills along the way, which they've been able to use kind of more than others. And I'm glad that you sort of touched upon those things. And also I was going to mention to you that it must've been uh, quite, quite useful for you to be with the boys and be more aware as well when you're with the boys, because you're not trying to kind of rush off to do something else or whatever, or you're not on tour or you're not um, traveling. So you can be fully present. And I think that's one thing that I think parents are really kind of taken away from this at the moment it, is that they're actually fully present with their kids and they're um, actually able to kind of fully engage with them without kind of distractions or stuff going on and stuff. Um, and that allows your, you know, when you're talking about coming up with new ideas and working out different visions for yourself and stuff, it allows your creative brain to kind of go into overdrive a bit more, doesn't it? So because you've not got all your headspace taken up with loads of other stuff that's kind of going a bit crazy, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. Definitely. And so what did you do with all the um, marathon training that you would, were going to be doing for London? As, as, where have you put that out onto the road? Have you carried on with that or are you kind of scaled that back down? Are you doing more gym work at the minute? or? Yeah, I've used it as a real positive. Again, I've had to because, you know, I was training probably the best I've felt for years. Um, on the lead up to the half marathon. So I booked in to do the fleet half marathon just mm-hmm. in prep to then do the London marathon. Actually, it would have been this Sunday coming, the London marathon. And uh, clearly, for the right reasons, they're, they're being postponed. But do you know what? 
for my training for the London Marathon, which was a huge purpose for me, I actually lost over, well, about a stone. I, I'm probably the fittest I've been for a long, long time. I'm mentally strong. I've got a clear, probably the clearest sort of vision I've had, again, for a, such a long time. And I believe it's because I'm sharper. Mm. It's made me, it's made me feel good. It's made me feel healthy. It's, it's given me some more um, confidence, I think, as well. Mm. I just all round feel great. And I thanked that marathon training for that. Yeah, I've had to put in like a lot of other people running in the wind and rain and getting up in the dark and when you're not wanting. But, you know, that's all to do with a, a discipline and that attitude that I will do it because yeah. I want to do well in this i want to put the effort in so there's no excuses in the end you know it's all down to you yeah i always say it's you versus you you know if you want to do something you'll do it if you don't then you just don't do it so it's if you're there you've got to, you, you hold yourself accountable for your actions and it's you against yourself so you look in the mirror and you're going to go i've got to get after it today and get amongst it yeah even though you don't want to sometimes mm. but you've got to get yourself up and ready and at it and naturally you know to this day i've continued my running not as not as far um, but I'm still out, you know, 10 miles in the, at the weekend on a Saturday and Sunday, probably averaging five, you know, five miles um, during the week, five yeah. to maybe creep up a little bit on the, on the Thursday. But And then training with my boys, you know, we've got some gym kits. I've um, been doing a lot with Bailey, doing some um, sprint work. So, yeah, I mean, we're, we're fortunate. We back out into a golf course, so... I'm quite fortunate to jump on there and, and just use a bit of the rough yeah. to do some cone work and some sprint work. So, yeah, we're managing. And I, like I said, I'm not taking any negative from postponed of, of the London Marathon. I, like I said, I feel the best that I've felt for a long time, and that's down to training for that London Marathon. So I've got to continue now on remembering you know, why I did it and how I feel now. Yeah, yeah. And I think the thing is, is as well, is the marathon training is – it's a quite a solitary activity. It's a long and solitary activity, isn't it? And so it does treat, it does put you in good stead in terms of, you know, um, being alone with your thoughts, listening to, listening to, you know, the dialogue that's going on in your brain. And particularly when yeah. you get up into those longer miles and you, and, you know, I found that when I was getting up above, you know, 15, 16 miles is beginning, you know, when the hip flexors begin to really hurt and stuff and that. And yeah, I've got a disclosure that I, after um, lockdown was first announced and they were kind of literally kind of clarifying what the rules were going to be around how much exercise you were going to do a day I said to my wife I said look I've got the good legs I'm going to go sort of thing so on a Saturday night I did a night solo marathon out towards Crawley and back sort of and uh, it was yeah it was it, it was tough particularly those last six miles I just every bone in my body just wanted to like just give yeah. up and quit mate and, uh, I, I absolutely understand where you're coming from because i don't know if you saw saw on social media but a good friend of mine who i served with jay he uh, stood on he stood on an improvised explosive device in 2012 and lost, lost both legs above the knee and um and most recently was diagnosed with cancer so he's just had a real bad turn of hand really and uh not a lot of luck on it on his side but we had a conversation he was struggling with finances a little bit and i thought you know what off the bat with no training this is before i even started the marathon training and i thought i'm gonna go and run three marathons in three days for him and i had a good little campaign going it was called miles for jay and i tell you now it was brutal hard hard so i get it i mean i was sick i cramp double cramp triple cramp you know but i managed to Push on. I actually didn't do bad on time. It's considering I hadn't trained. I think the first marathon I just got over four hours, four hours one minute, and um, and then the second one was four and a half hours, and then the third one was five hours. So it weren't all that bad time wise, but it was graft. Considering I hadn't trained, it was nails, but all for a good cause. Yeah, it's strange. It is strange, and you know when the pain is hurt. You know when it's well for me. I know when it's hurting because that's when I want to just take my earphones out and just like I don't want music at that point. I don't want Bob Marley. I don't want Die Straits. I don't want Soulful House. It just goes all out. You know, earphones come out and 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 that's it. It's just 
just just you and the pain sort of thing but it was a weird experience because like running through my local town all you know all of the bars were shut all the pubs were shut and it yeah, was just yeah. like just the wind like tumbleweed blowing across it just really 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 strange and I got home and I was like yeah my wife is she's gonna be she's gonna be out there and she's gonna be like um, welcoming me home with open arms well no such luck I kind of like opened the front door and it was deadly silent quite dark quiet inside I've my head torch on and yeah I just kind of got up got you know had a shower got into bed ate something like an apple or something and then just went straight to bed it was like it was like 11 o'clock at night <laughs> nah, fair oh, play for doing it, it was mad it was totally mad now obviously i've been i've read your um read your book i think it was before christmas and funny enough i think i was reading it i was listening to it on audio when i was doing my marathon training and uh I remember listening to it because I was kind of getting to certain points in the book and I was kind of swearing and stuff. Not at you, mind, but but some of the things that I could see occurring in the book. And I'm not going to delve too much into the book itself um, because I think it would be beneficial for people that are listening or watching this to really kind of check the book out themselves because it is an absolutely fantastic read and it kind of chronicles your life very much from sort of literally leaving school growing up right the way through to kind of you know your um the kind of present day almost with um with your career in the military and stuff and that but what really kind of struck me listening to it was just how much of a kind of uh, grounding the military really did give you in terms of your kind of life experience and kind of um you know how to behave in a team the you know the camaraderie lifting guys up being part of the kind of brotherhood and that was what kind of that was what kind of captivated me more than anything else just the relationship you had with these other guys you know how you had their backs you know how it was kind of like you were covering each other all the time and stuff and that's kind of what kind of captivated me the most and i just wondered whether you could tell me a bit more about what it's like to be in that atmosphere with you know guys that you're sleeping with eating with you know um possibly even putting yourself out there to lose your life with as well it's just like it's something that i don't think us civvies can really understand yeah it's 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 a bond that you can't explain if if i'm honest and that that bond actually doubles when you go on operation i don't know what it is everyone just knows that we have got to fight hard as an individual but more importantly for the person left and right of you without doubt without a shadow of a doubt you will take a bullet for the person left or right of you because that's how thick you're in grind that's how much of a belonging it is that's how inclusive the organization is and um you know and, and when you're at it you're all at it together you know, that's why in Civic Street now, which obviously is where I am now, I've made sure that I surround myself with people who are on the same mission as me, who get it, who understand it, who are true to themselves, who understand values and what that actually means because I've been operating with these people since I was 16 and nine months who totally get it and understand it. And um, it starts off when you walk through the gates as a civvy, as a young boy, you know, mm-hmm. as a young yeah, young lad, it's 16, nine months, not zero experience. I've gone through these gates and then I've straight away understood basics, how to shave. Because no civvy gets taught how to shave. You do in the army. Get taught how to wash properly. Admin, so important. You don't do that in civvy street. You just do what you think is the right thing to do. You know, doing your lockers, clean your, you know, clean the ablutions, sorting out your personal equipment so there's a big there's yeah there's a lot of pressure on you to grow up sharpish Mm. but it also makes you grow into a young man probably in advance of every other 16 year old who's not doing what i was doing within that military organization because there's accountability there if you make a mistake you've got to be honest you can't just shift it Mm. and uh and just say it wasn't my fault or i blame him wrong answer you make a mistake it's fine just don't make the same mistake twice it's okay to make mistakes that's how we learn right Mm. and that's how we grow as an individual and that's what i was brought up with and when we go on operations it's like i can't i can't it's an undescribed it's undescribable bond you can't describe it it's 
you just know once you get on that aircraft and you fly in country, you just know. Mm. These spider sensors come out, you're all linked in, you all know your main effort, the mission, and you work day and night. You know, and there's a lot of hard things um, what happen on operations when you see your friends who you've operated with get hurt, mm. you know, taking casualties, flown out of theatre, you know, killed in action. This is all has a, a detrimental part on, on you as an individual because you've fought hard with these people, but you also understand the realities of war mm. there and then, and you have to keep pushing forward to achieve the mission and, and, um, and everyone is linked in together and you just push mm. and push and continue pushing until you achieve what you set out to achieve. And that's why I think the military is so unique. It, um, you know, it, it's, it's got its downfalls like every other organisation. You know, people pick holes in the military, but actually it's a huge organisation which sometimes makes mistakes mm. like any other business, you know, or organisation. It, it does make mistakes from time to time. Yeah. But because of the, you know, the, the big sort of, I would, I would say values again, it's, it's geared towards that military ethos and, you know, the accountability, like I said before, is mistakes happen, but, you know, they're acknowledged and then we move forward. And, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, what a bond. I mean, I have fought hard with the bravest of men. Incredible regiment, which was my regiment, PWRR, the Princess of Wales' Royal Regiment. Um, yeah, and I've got utmost respect for, for everyone who I served alongside. Mm. And in terms of how you sort of thrived in that environment, uh, Brian, do you find that it has an effect on how you're able to deal with the fear situation? I mean, you describe in your book, and again, this is something that, that again, it's difficult for civvies to relate to, but you describe in your book being almost like in this box with a very small window in it, which is kind of covered in sand and condensation, and then all of a sudden the doors fling open, you're blinded by the bright light as you're kind of dazzled, uh, you know, dazzled by the, you know, Iraqi sunshine in that in this case as you as you jump out of you know warrior tank um that kind of fear how how does that play into the situation with this kind of the kinship and brotherhood that you have with your fellow troops in terms of you know how do you get these guys to kind of face that fear you know because some of these guys that must have been the most terrifying thing they've ever faced in their life um up to that point Do you want to get involved with a community of other dads who are looking to develop themselves? To continue the conversations we have here on this podcast in a place for dads only that fosters brotherhood, camaraderie and personal growth, then we have just the place for you. At the Guild of Dads Facebook group, you can connect with other dads on a similar journey, share experiences, offer support and seek support. Most of all, you can get some accountability in your own journey and get involved with the discussions and topics that every dad faces. So look us up on Facebook, join up and get involved with the discussion. Looking forward to seeing you in the Guild so you can start your journey with us today. Yeah, well, it was for me. Yeah, I'm just another human being at the end of the day. I'm a trained soldier, frontline soldier, but, you know, I was 23, a young Lance Corporal, so a young commander with a lot of pressure on my shoulders. I, I was looking after three other guys who were in the back of my vehicle and they were looking up to me for guidance, for reassurance, for direction. And, you know, at 23 years old, you know, I didn't have all the answers because I was still learning. I was still up and coming. I wasn't, I was junior, a junior commander. Um, and I was also scared and I was also getting, um, you know, sort of, probed by fear but I also know and I knew then that fear was contagious fear regardless I don't care what anyone says is contagious if you see someone running around with their hair on fire you're then going to get scared because it's 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 a it's a reaction mm -hmm. when you're cool calm in situations that oozes out and that's empowering so you have to be in the moment is for me I had to stop that fear from ripping through my veins and control it but also use it as a positive. So I use that fear to actually get me out of the vehicle, mm. to push me out as that with that adrenaline, with that rush of controlling it, but using it to best effect. And that's how I told the other boys, you know, allow it, 
to be around, but don't allow it to, you know, become infectious mm. because it can, fear can do some funny things to people, soldiers included. Mm. So yeah, I use I use that as is is my sort of weapon to get me out of that armored vehicle into kind of you know a number of different situations that I was experiencing during my first tour of Iraq. So yeah, yeah, that that's kind of my point on fear. Really, is yeah. we all, we all experience it. We all have to acknowledge it, but it's how we use it is mm. is the. Um, is the kind of the, the execution phase that we use terminology in the military. It's how you actually use that to your best ability. Yeah. And I love the point that you made in terms of how, you know, not harnessing that fear can cause kind of like hesitation and holding back and second guessing yourself and kind of freezing and stuff, which actually yeah. inadvertently puts more people at risk because you, you could be put in a vulnerable position when you actually want to be, clear of that position and moving quickly or maneuvering or whatever um and i love yeah. that point that you made there that actually kind of fear can often end up putting other people in risk which i've heard other people say in high tension situations that you know if you let that fear take hold of you that could kill someone else as well as yourself sort of thing yeah but i also you know we, we speak about the, the whole military the side of things and you know civilians maybe not understanding it but i would disagree because if you look at some of the situations that we have had in the UK, we can talk about the London bombings, we can talk about, you know, um, the Borough Market incident, we can talk about London Bridge incident, you know, look at the fight or flight, what happened there. Yeah. Not just military, you know, people will react in totally different ways. And some of the bravery that I'd seen from just random civvies, whether it's a butcher, whether it's a hairdresser, or whether it's just a walker, you know, a, a someone who's passing by, walking by, look at their reactions. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. I think it's just a makeup within you as an individual. Doesn't matter how you've been trained, it's how you deal with certain situations as an individual because mm. it's it's a proven point. We've seen it with you know some of the extreme events that we've had in this country and some of the extreme heroism by passing buyers. Mm. So there's something inside us which details to which i think that you either go towards a danger or you flap and you bug out and yeah. don't have an interest in it so i yeah it's i always kind of do that comparison because not all soldiers are universal soldiers mm. they're not all operators they're not all you know brilliant leaders because they have got some you know some soldiers have got their faults aren't, aren't brilliant it's just like normal day other people in their job jobs. Mm. Some are average and some are very good. Yeah. And um, we can't, you know, I would not do um, stuff like this and say it's, you know, soldiers are gold standard. I mean, we've gone through a, a you know, demanding period on operations for a hell of a long time. So we've got a lot of experience, but there's also some bloody great people. And you look at what the frontline workers are doing now mm. and the key workers and the care workers and the military again, you know, all the logistical, that nightingale that they built as well, you know, and that operation that they did there and and the, the volunteers who are going back onto the front line, you know, the retired doctors, let's talk about them because they are wearing the capes. They're the unsung heroes. They're the yeah. ones which are, you know, I can't even praise them enough. I, I, haven't, I haven't got words to, to even justify what they're doing at the moment. Mm. So, mm. yeah, I mean... There's many good people out there yeah. which are fighting the fight at the moment. And um, yeah, every yeah. everyday heroes almost. And I think there was a kind of I I sensed after that kind of first London Bridge attack before there was the 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 the, um, the sole guy that was last it was last year, wasn't it? I think um, end of last year. I kind of sensed there was a shift in mood prior to that because I think people were beginning to get fed up with it if that makes any sense not fed up is not the right word but you'd have conversations with other guys and that and I think where a few people actually kind of took up arms and took you know picked up chairs when they went into when two guys went into Borough Market I think there was a more of a I don't know whether appetite is the right word but I think there was more I think there was people were just fed up in the river in the end if that makes any sense and I think there was, oh, I think that's I, I think you, you you're potentially right I think now there's we don't tolerate it now. No. We'll meet it head on. If you're here to hurt people, then let's let's let's, let's try and sort it, it out yeah. now. Yeah. 
And I just think you're right, Sue. It's that kind of that British mentality. So if we're going to go down, then we go down fighting. Yeah. You know, and let's have it right. So, yeah, I mean, I digress from from what you're saying about the book, but I think it's key that some of them, you know, points we've discussed. So sorry if I threw you. No, that's all right. That's all right. Um, but I think the when you sort of talk about fear and stuff, it does. I like the way that you mentioned about the fact that it kind of does affect soldiers in the same way as it does affect civilians and this doesn't make any bones about it. Some of the stuff that you guys saw or see, you know, as you depicted in your book, is just absolutely like kind of totally horrific really. And, and I've, when I've spoken to um, former military uh, people in the past, I, it's the whole transitional phase is kind of really often make or break for in terms of how you transition out and get back into the uh, civilian life and because it's a very different kind of it's a different kind of life and people would say well surely it's got to be easier coming out but it's it's finances it's adjusting to kind of a, a different kind of work transferring your skills and all that kind of stuff and also a lot of guys are coming out maybe have seen some like horrific stuff and people kind of often forget that um with ptsd and all that kind of stuff yeah yeah i mean the military is an institution and and you're in this bubble and um you get clear direction every day so you know what you're doing every single day because you get detail which you go up there and read so 1800 hours details up the next day so it tells you what time you got to be up what time you got to do your block jobs what t- what kit you're going to be in where you've got to be and then your day's events so it's it's very you are given and and shepherd throughout the day and then when you come away from that it's difficult because you have to then re you know you have to then start doing a lot of your structure yourself and identity is a big thing for me the loss of identity you know i was i was someone in the military i was you know like to think i was pretty well respected within the organization and my regiment and then all of a sudden who am i you know and it's hard Mm. loss of identity to try and understand who i am and and where i want to go to um and i had to do a bit of soul searching initially but i had good people around me i was fortunate but i have then got as well is that unstoppableness attitude to keep attacking forward. I mean, it's so important mm. to not play the victim card. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard for everyone. It's hard for everyone. You're not the only person going through a hard time. So get a grip, reassess, start from the beginning again, and then go to phase one. Mm. And then once you've figured out where phase one is, then try and punch onto two mm. and just take small bite-sized chunks. And that's what I did. And that's what helped me. So, I don't like to class ourselves as, you know, people need to, you know, have special treatment for veterans because I don't think that's the case. But, you know, you have to have an element of patience. That's what I would always say. Just be patient. Allow them time to figure it out because they'll be going into business and they've got some incredible attributes. I mean, they'll have the leadership in tenfold. They'll have the structure process, they'll be there 10 minutes early, good to go with the, with the right kit and eager to get cracking. But sometimes they may just need a bit of investment because mm-hmm. initially it could be a round hole, square peg until you figure out. But once that fits, then I tell you now, it'd be the best bit of investment that you, that you do because they will work hard because they're not making the sugar. Yeah. You know, they'll, they'll punch forward and want to be the best that they can be because You've got to be the best that you can be in the military. You've got yeah. to be the best version of yourself, and every day is you're competing. Yeah. So yeah. they want to continue that in in Sibby Street, and sometimes, you know, on paper they haven't got the qualifications, but actually, if you give them an hour in front of you, you know, you'll be you'll be bringing them in the next day because mm. it's sometimes it's better off giving them a chance, listening to them face to face, and then actually you'll probably invest in them. Mm. Mm. and one thing i think i noticed as well with um guys that have been in the military as well there is i've noticed a lot in society now there is there is this kind of teflonness if you like where people don't want to accept responsibility and 
uh, it used to be the case, you know, the buck stops here sort of thing. But now it's kind of like, oh, how can we blame someone else or can we like maybe shift responsibility of that onto someone, someone else? Accountability. And like, you see, we spoke, we spoke about accountability before we went live. Didn't yeah. We? And we were talking about, and, I, and, and the thing is as well is, this is a, a prime example of this at the minute, and I'm not going to go too political on it, is the PPE incident at the minute. It's kind of been passed like a hot potato. I know that's someone else's fault, or that's someone else's fault. No, no, that's someone yeah, else's fault. Said, whatever. Said, yeah. An actual fact rather than stuff. Like, and someone said to me today, they were like, if that was me, I'd clear my desk and I'd say, right, get this now. I don't care how much it costs. End of story. Um, but it just seems to be that like there's this kind of... and. And I wonder whether or not kind of when I'm speaking to guys in the military, there is a lot more of buck stops here attitude in terms of kind of, right, if I've not done something and which I should be doing, then I'm going to have to admit and put my hands up to it and say, I'm yeah, not, I've not done it. I think in, in the military, though, there's, there's moral courage. Yeah. So people will tell you, here, listen, you've got that wrong. Where out here, people are scared to do that. And you're not digging someone out. You're having that moral courage to say, you got it wrong. Yeah. You now need to figure out how to get the solution because we're now a week behind or that's going to affect our operation. So get a grip. Let's reassess, realign, and get this team behind us and then we push forward as one. Done. And that, then, that, that, then that is the buck stops because you've had to be accountable because mm. someone's accounted for you. Yeah. So sometimes that, you know, that is quite a good thing. And it's, and I, I haven't seen that moral compass nowhere near come out in that corporate world. Cause I don't forget, I worked in London for three and a half years yeah. for a company, which was incredible, but there was zero um, moral courage, yeah. you know, to grab someone and say, yeah, you've done that wrong. It was all, Oh yeah. But I thought he was doing it or she said she was going to send an email well, the bottom line is we we haven't achieved what we need to achieve and you never did what you were told. You never did what you were told and you were five minutes late to this meeting. So you've missed five minutes of content, but you're going to come up with an excuse. <laughs> but that's how it is. But in the military, it wouldn't happen because yeah. you would just be punished for it yeah. as in discipline. Yeah. But if that's how the, the two organisations differ, but you're right. I mean, there needs to be more accountability that in, within our society now yeah. it's too easy to say you know oh, I didn't know about that well you did because you're on the meeting yesterday yeah. Yeah. but anyway yeah no it's, it is it is kind of a, it is you know I can rant on about it but it is one of those things it is kind of because because I because um, I run my own business in a day you, you come across it a lot and I think it's more so you, you notice it in big companies, but I notice it that you're noticing it more and more in small companies now as well. And the typical one is where you speak to someone on the phone and then you ring them up and you go, oh yeah, I was, I'm just ringing about a conversation we had yesterday. And they're like, what conversation? And you're like, we had a conversation yesterday and they're kind of feigning that, that they didn't know they had a conversation with you yesterday when you, when you yeah. know full well they had. And it's that kind of stuff. And you're just like, yeah. Come, on, come on, let's just stop playing these silly games, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I get it. I get it, definitely. But it is absolutely it is absolutely crazy. Um so in terms of like um where you are finding your sort kind of career and um your sort of thrust going now, Brian, what is your kind of main thing that you're kind of working on at the minute that you the project that you've got going on right now? Yeah, so since releasing my book just over a year ago now. Um, hardback was published. I didn't expect it to do as well as as it did, if I'm honest. I mean, I was just so determined to get the truth out because I'll quickly break the book into down to three pieces, really, how I think the book's kind of set out. It's got, you know, my childhood, then it's got the military side and talks, you know, me joining and, and then it's got the operational side um, and then I talk about in detail my first tour of Iraq for a number of reasons. Um, you know, the Battle of Danny Boy, which is a, an infamous battle that I was involved in and, and was one of the commanders within that battle. And more importantly, the aftermath, and which came five years after. And uh, the allegations which we're up against were murder, mutilation and mistreatment. And uh, it was headed up by 
a public interest lawyer, Phil Shiner, mm. who, um, you know, was just a dishonest individual who found holes in the system and bled them dry. But then it was human life that he was affecting mm. because we were none of what I've just mentioned. You know, we were ambushed and, and we counted that ambush. And that day, a total of 20 militia fighters were killed and nine were taken as POW. So it was a full-on hectic battle with, you know, a lot of violence, a lot of trauma within the battlefield. And, um, you know, it's difficult enough dealing with close quarter fighting and the aftermath, let alone these allegations and then trying to fight a harder battle on home soil. Mm -hmm. I was in the UK mm -hmm. fighting the hardest battle of my life, which was to clear my names from these barbaric allegations, mm -hmm. which were just false and absolutely weren't true. But they got traction. The government was paying, you know, Phil Shiner and the likes and, and it just went on for a further five years until it was, you know, all found wholly without foundation, product of deliberate lies and reckless speculation and ingrained hostility. And um, then Phil Shiner was found guilty of on 12 accounts. So it was, yeah, you, you, could, you couldn't make it up, but you could if, that's, if that makes sense. And uh, it was just a lot of heartache, um, mental battle, mental resilience, um, you know, decision making just a whole load of stuff that i mm. found myself up against to the point that i needed to go and speak to a professional because everything just got on top of me and i couldn't see clearly there was so much weight on my shoulders there was so much pressure stress and you know it was the first time i had to go and open up about what was going on within my mental space and it was the best thing i had ever done so that's kind of the book um, on the sort of military front and then it talks about you know homecoming coming home from operations and the difficulty of re reintegrating back into family life because you just don't get home and it's all happy families you need to work at it because you've been away for seven eight months maybe that's over half a year you know your family get into routine they you know are robust to a degree and they have their own ways and you have to then allow that space but it's so hard and so difficult and I got it wrong on many occasions and I talk about that mm -hmm. and then you know obviously I, I just spoke about the the allegations on and dealing with that until you know Phil Shiner was then held accountable for what he did decided to write the book because I wanted to tell the truth because I talk about my values and one's integrity and I wanted to actually give people an understanding on what it's like to fight for your country and some of the situations that I was in. And I was in a lot of some intense and violent situations. And the Battle of Danny Boy was only one of many. And um, and then what I'm doing now, I mean, I left the military after 16 and a half, 17 years because of the allegations was kind of the straw what broke the camel's back and my pension. And I just had enough and just, yeah, I, I, I cut loose from that. Um, went and worked for my regiment, actually, as a civilian. And then went to work for the office group in London, which was brilliant. And they allowed me my time to uh, transition. Mm -hmm. They they were patient with me. And then, yeah, kind of found a bit of a niche and then went forward with it. And it was great. And then, you know, released my book. It went mad. And then I had to come away from it and sort of work for myself, which has been incredible. And I've been traveling the world, you know, sharing my experiences, flying out to New York and Cyprus, Gibraltar, up and down the country, um, going into Premier League football clubs, championship clubs, county cricket teams, talking about teamwork and the fundamentals of, of what a team looks like, values. And it's just been incredible, if I'm honest. And, uh, and then having the book then optioned for a, a major dramatization, which has yeah. been being commissioned and, and greenlit. So who would have thought? Because I wouldn't have even crossed my mind ten years ago that this was all gonna happen. It's been yeah. All, yeah, it's been yeah, it's been a whirlwind. And then most recently I took time to to launch a, a clothing range. You know, I wanted to get it right. Like I said, I, I took some time over it, made sure I got the 
the logo correct and and the slogan, the mantra, which is keep attacking because it's all around my backstory. But I also wanted to relate to everyone else because I always say life is beautiful and we're lucky to be here, but it's an incredible demand. Mm. There is a lot of pressure. There's, you know, you get thrown curveballs from all angles. And if you haven't been, if you haven't been under pressure or if you haven't been up against it, then you will do at one point, whether it's an illness or whether it's a loved one or whether it's this pandemic or something else, what's going to be happening in the future, you'll come up against some stressful situations. But it's just having that mentality and that mantra to keep attacking, keep going forward. Because the minute we take a step back or we stand still, will then spiral and we can't afford to do that. Mm. And if you have to reach out for advice and do that, if you have to take some time to figure out a way around this brick wall, then you do that. But you can, it can be achieved because I've been there mm. when I thought I couldn't scale anything. I actually managed to get over the top mm. of this wall that I couldn't even see how high it was, mm. but I managed to do it because I had that keep attacking attitude. Anyway, I released it and, um, it went absolutely new levels, yeah. nutty. So, yeah, I mean, and we're working on that now and we're going to grow that. I want it, I've got some brilliant um, plans in place for it with Barry and my business partner, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Actually, I've got my T-shirt on now. There you go. Keep attacking. Yeah. And when I checked out your website the other day, I think I a lot of it is just selling Sold out. selling out as fast as you can get. get you know what? Get the website yeah, the website crashed like three times and that. I'm like, look how it's gone. So it's gone. We've gone out to America. A lot has gone to America, uh, Hong Kong, Australia, Denmark, Sweden, um, Iceland. So, I mean, it's just been, I never expected it. Never in a million years that I expected it. But people can relate to it. And that's why, you know, yeah. they, they know that we have to have that keep attacking attitude now more than ever and it's and the thing is your story is just wicked and i can see your face lighting up as you're telling me about it because i think it's just kind of it just kind of personifies the journey you've been on and also you know the you know what you're all about you know you go into it in a massive amount of depth in the book and whatever and i'm going to thoroughly recommend to people to listen to it because it's you know it really does go through Brian's story completely and and also I really dig the way you just talk about you know that everyone goes through their experience and and it's that whole thing if it's not going to if it's not going to break you it's going to make you and and everyone is doing you know everyone is fighting their own battle and if there's one thing that I hear more than anything else when I'm interviewing people on this podcast and everyone's got their story everyone's got some something something dif- something difficult that someone else might not know about or it could be it could be an illness in the family it could be a death it could be you know it c- any number of different things um and but they've kind of grown as a person from it and and that kind of just keep on keeping on attitude you know i always say make your move before you're ready because people sort of they think about doing stuff and they think oh i should do this or i should do that um you know um, but you've just got to, you've got to, rather than thinking, oh yeah, it's going to be perfect and there's going to be, you know, angels singing hallelujah, you just have to go for it. And yeah, there's just yeah. no other way to, you know, it's even like today, you know, um, re- reaching out to you or whatever, you know, and you'll have the same way you're kind of thinking, oh, should I speak to this person or should I not or should I reach out to them? Are they going to give me a time of day or whatever and stuff and that? You just have to do it because no one else is going to do it for you, are they? You just have to just The do thing it. is, you, you make your own luck. Mm. The harder you work, the more lucky you get, you know, and, and I do believe in that. It's just, yeah, I could have said I'm, I'm, I'm busy. I've been flat out all day, but then I'm just thinking, you know, why should I do that? I, if there's an opportunity, you know, you, you take it because you just never know. And actually I'm, I'm all for helping, you know, we've done a limited edition t-shirt on keep attacking and, we've managed to raise from them limited edition t-shirts over 350 pounds for the nhs i mean i that's a small yeah small change but in my opinion it makes a massive difference it will it will help and support because that's what we should be doing we should be going 
and doing a little bit extra, we should squeeze we should squeeze that five percent more because you know that's what we should do. And in time of need, it could really help out. And uh, I just really wanted to do something. And and I you know if this podcast can support one person, then we've achieved our aim one hundred percent. And yeah. um, and it's actually been a half decent chat as well. So I'm more than happy with that. It's very kind of you to say. Very kind of you to say. Oh, <laughs> um, now, obviously, Gilded Dads is our kind of tagline is vision, action, meaning. Vision plus action equals meaning, which is not dissimilar to what you've been saying actually today. But one of the questions that I ask all of the guests on my podcast, um, and I've not primed you for this one today, Brian, is what is it in life that gives you meaning? Family. I mean, they are my meaning, if I'm honest and um and success you know i want I, I want to achieve i want to i want to believe to achieve as well i think i believe in myself that i can achieve and uh, i've got vision i've got goals and and having that unstoppableness you know i think i can sort of get to where i need to get to uh, and there'll be a lot of curveballs along the way you know I, we just released for example, um, we launched Keep Attacking. Three weeks we were trading. It was gone viral and then boom, COVID-19 hit, lockdown. So, you know, it, it's, it's curveballs along the way, but you negotiate that mm. and uh, you respect it, you acknowledge it, and then you figure out a way. And that's what we've been doing. So, you know, my purpose is a family. I've got some strong vision. I've got I like to I like to think I've got a strong work ethic and you know I'll I'll get there but I don't know how long it will take but I will definitely get there. I love it. I love it. In terms of people listening and watching this, where is the best place for them to find out about a bit what a bit more about what you're up to, connect with you, social media, and that's and that. What is the best place to link up with you, man? Yeah, so I'm on all social media platforms at Brian Wood MC. And if I'm honest, it's my social platforms that get the first announcement. So they get the exclusive because it's only right that people are going to follow me that they should, you know, get the exclusivity on who's going to be playing me actor wise in, in the film. We'll get that. I'll get a message about twice a day asking me who's going to be, who's going to be. Um, but I can't say obviously for, for, um, yeah, for legal reasons, but it's going to be incredible. And yeah, on all platforms, Brian Wood MC, you can follow, follow if you want to. Yeah, follow my journey as I, as I grow. Really, mad. Excellent. It's wicked. Listen, it's been a real privilege speaking to you today, uh, Brian. And uh, no, I know we've been working on this for a little while. And yeah, it's. I want to thank you very much for coming on, speaking to me. It's been a whirlwind trip through what you've got going on at the minute. Exciting times and. I really enjoyed it. Cheers, man. No, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Cheers, Brian. Cheers, dude. Now, as Brian and I discussed during our conversation, I read his book, Double Crossed, when I was doing some marathon training. So I listened to the audiobook version of it uh, on some long runs that I was doing over many hours in the dark and wet of the winter. It's a great book, really worth checking out. And it really goes into some depth about the details of the Battle of Danny Boy, uh, the events leading up to it, and also the aftermath and what happened. I'm not going to delve too much into what happened afterwards because you can check that out in the book for yourself. But suffice to say, it is an incredibly gripping read and uh, too much to go into in one episode of the podcast today, but it's definitely thoroughly recommended. There was lots of value that I think that you can glean from someone who has lived a military life right now particularly in terms of how you can cope in times of difficulty, times of adversity and also times of uncertainty. These guys are trained to thrive in those environments and the battlefield environment and the uncertainty of it and how things can change and flip on a sixpence and change uh, to real life or death situations very, very fast. Uh, And I think that means that there is so much value to have Uh, by speaking to guys like Brian because there is 
a lot of experience they have in dealing with quite difficult uh, physical and also uh, mental uh, difficulties that arise around the uh, battlefield scenario and that military life. Uh, it's very applicable to a lot of what's going on right now and I think that we delved into how you can channel your fear into attacking life to the fullest and using that raw emotion for some great things. Now, I was massively privileged to have Brian on the uh, podcast today and mainly because he represents so much of the uh, values and everything we are trying to achieve uh, here at Guild of Dads in terms of helping guys and helping dads just like you to really kind of step up, level up and keep pushing forward even when times are, times are tough and times are difficult and uh, his story does really resonate. My main takeaways are that it really pays to get really disciplined in your physical and mental self-care in times of difficulty like right now. Indeed, that's applicable even when we're not going through times of difficulty to really look after your physical and mental self-care. Uh, and I think that really does help to keep your mind set up and really help you from uh, kind of despairing over what is happening right now. Um, the second thing is to keep going even when you feel like giving up. You know, Brian's story is very much a story of kind of keep up, keep going and his new brand, Keep Attacking, is very much of that ethos of just keep going when times are getting difficult and, and stuff will come good in the end. The other takeaway that I wanted to mention is how getting around and supporting other men just like you is key at this difficult time. We talk about the lone wolf mentality a lot on this podcast in terms of this fallacy where guys think they can do everything themselves. But in actual fact, one of the lessons that we can learn from the military life again is that brotherhood and camaraderie that takes place. I've heard it on numerous occasions from guests that come onto the podcast and, you know, I can't underline that enough that at this time it's important to kind of check in on your friends, make sure they're okay, have those conversations, even if it's not a face-to-face conversation, a telephone or a Zoom or whatever. It's massive, massively valuable at the moment. Now, if you want to find out a bit more about uh, what Brian is doing, the best way to do so is at his website, which is brianwoodmc.co.uk. You can reach out to him and send him a message on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. He's very active on uh, Instagram at the moment. You'll see plenty of uh, Instagram posts there at the moment about his new clothing brand and also his uh, runs that he does with his uh, son Bailey. So you can check that out. Uh, His book, Double Cross, is available on Amazon and other good uh, bookstores. And if you want to check out his clothing line, that is on his website as well. So that's brianwoodmc.co.uk forward slash keep attacking. And there's some really cool stuff on there. If you want to hear more discussions, just like this one today, the best way to do it is by subscribing on your podcast player of choice, be that iTunes, Google Podcasts or Spotify. If you subscribe, then you will uh, get to find out the podcast episodes are coming up each week. They'll just pop up on your podcast player of choice. So that is the best way to hear more discussions like the one today. You can drop us a rating and review. That'd be very much appreciated. But the biggest compliment that you can give to me is by just sharing this episode out however you want to, whether that be on WhatsApp, Messenger or text. The more information that can be shared out, it's really important as some of the information can be truly life-changing for dads that you may know. So if you can do that, that would be really fantastic and I would really appreciate it. You can get involved with the discussion on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter using the handle at Guild of Dads and check out our Facebook group to join the Guild. If you like what you hear and you want to email me, I love to hear from listeners. So ping me an email, joe at guildofdads.com. Let me know what you like, what you don't like and who you would like me to interview even. I'd love to know. Thanks for listening. If you want to find out more about what we're doing at Guild of Dads, then head over to www.guildofdads.com and in the meantime, live a life of vision, action and meaning.